by Riverside. Come on, Brant. I know you know this. Come on. There it is. There it is. Destiny is calling me. Open up my eager eyes. I'm Mr. Brightside. Hey, anybody that follows Michigan football knows that that right there is an anthem. That's an anthem in the big house. Michigan. Dave thank, Dave, thank you for the karaoke session, by the way, to open up. <laughs> Dude, we will never, ever regret that. I can pro- promise you that. That is, a uh, man, at some point, you just got to celebrate. And you got to have fun. And that's what I want to do, man. This is... I... I'll start right here, but well, okay. I guess I should do the intro here. Welcome to Garage Takes. Welcome to season two. Make sure you follow, like, subscribe to the show. Leave us a five star review. Positive comment goes a long way. We appreciate appreciate you guys. Brant, back to back Big Ten champions, and at some point, you gotta be able to just celebrate and enjoy the moment, and kind of put all the analogies aside and. You overthink things, we overthink things, we think we know things and we really don't know things, we know some things, we don't know other things. But what I know right now is that for the second year in a row, the Big Ten rolls through Ann Arbor and they are Big Ten champions. They did so in convincing fashion. Say what you will about this schedule, we know what people have said, we know what we have said. They've got an easy cupcake non-conference schedule. The Big Ten isn't good this year. You gotta. We don't know until you go in and play Ohio State. Well, you destroyed Ohio State and Columbus. Well, it's time to take this team serious. And uh, yeah, but you, you never know. You go to Indy, anything could happen. What happened, Brant? It took care of Purdue in the second half, like they've done all year, man. I, I, I just, I try not to be too much of a homer. I really do, but. Dude, in our lifetime, outside of the 97-98 season, obviously when Charles Woodson was there, Brian Greasy and the crew, and they won a national championship, but we were young at that point. Do you remember a better time to be a Michigan football fan? Dave, there was talk of Michigan's non-conference schedule this season. I didn't even hear it. You didn't hear it? No, I didn't hear anybody dog Michigan (laughs) for their non-conference schedule, man. No, yeah. obviously that was like the the huge topic, and I feel like a part of why Ohio State got in was because of their their win against Notre Dame potentially as well. So that was like a big talking point uh, on last Sunday's show, whatever, um, for for Ohio State to get the four seed. And I know we'll get into that, but your question was, do I remember a, a, ever a better time to be a Michigan fan? And I don't think so, Dave. I mean, absolutely not for us guys in our thirties, uh, early thirties. You older than I am. Easy. 
Uh, but anyway, no, as far as Michigan football goes, yeah, we were just kids, man, like young kids when, when we were rolling to a national championship and stuff like that. Obviously you had the 2000, what was it? 2003 and 2004 when we were back to back big 10 champs. And that was the last time we were like really good and, and on the national stage and stuff like that. And you were still competing for a Rose bowl, not necessarily a national championship, but it was still really cool to be a part of that and stuff like that. I remember that as we were uh, in like high school for that. So, and then, and then it it seemed like Brandt, it was, I believe the year was 2007 and that was the year. It just seemed like, I think it was 2007. I don't have it in front of me, but I, I believe that was the year where Appalachian State went into the big house and beat Michigan. Yeah, and, well, it was coming off of the the 1v2 game, Michigan-Ohio State in 2006, when yep. we lost uh, to Troy Smith, and it just felt like, you're right, Dave, everything was downhill after we, we yep. came in 2007 with a great feeling. High and, hopes. Yep. Yeah, and boom, you know, blocked a kick, and we seemed oh. to be a punt. Didn't you? Didn't you feel like we had seemed to be a punchline since then, Dave? Like, yep. oh yeah. Well, twenty twenty one excluded, but since then, Dave, it felt like, oh yeah, Michigan. Yeah, it, who's gonna beat them this? Who's gonna upset them? Like they're on right. upset alert. So. Right. Well, in in to be fair, I think that what, oh, what we heard is it. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and what and what does every sports fan like to see when it's not your team? You want to see the giant fall, and I don't think anybody has enjoyed more uh, than to watch like Michigan fall flat on their face for the last 15 plus years. And, you know, that's why we all hope for the fall of Alabama and the fall of Clemson and these different things. I mean, it's just, it's natural. So, um, but is, these have been, and I know we talked about this before, just some dark, dark days to be a, be a Michigan fan, but man, these last two seasons, and I was just telling my son Luke this. Uh, I mean, he'll be four in April, right? So he's not really old enough to get it. But, I mean, you see the videos I send you. The kid is, he is like chip off the old block, like into this more than, he told me last night, all he wants to do, Brant, you want you want to know what he wants to do uh, at, at bedtime? Why don't you, why don't you, what other three-year-old would want to watch this? Just wants to replay the Michigan-Ohio State highlights. He loves it. I, I mean, sometimes I do it. <laughs> Yeah, he just wants to watch the highlights. Tonight he wanted to watch the Purdue-Michigan highlights, and he told me uh, because my daughter, Grace, she, you know, watching the Michigan-Ohio State game this year, she she's like, Dad, stop yelling. Stop yelling at the TV. I'm screaming. I'm high-fiving. I'm being just totally obnoxious. And And Luke, on the other hand, was just loving it. And he told me last night, he said, uh, "You know what? You know why I love this game, Dad. I loved when you were yelling. <laughs> <laughs> he was just so into it, and I, and I told him that you know these are our moments that I want him to remember. You know what I mean? It's yeah, well, it's it's, special. It is. It's special, and and these these time periods don't come along very often. And so Michigan, for the first time in program history, is thirteen and zero. And it's been an incredible journey dating back to last year where the, the narrative in this program truly changed um, to follow that up with an undefeated season and to go out the way they have and to be sitting in a position right now to take on TCU, the Horned Frogs, um, on New Year's Eve at four o'clock 
and then potentially play for a, a national championship if they win that game, you know, uh, against the, the winner of Georgia and that team down south. No, I'm sorry. That's the stuff that Ohio State says. They team up north. They can't even say the name, but they need to learn to say it. Um, but the winner of Georgia and Ohio State, and it seems like why not Michigan this year? And I know we talked about that before. I We'll get into the games. Like I want people to know this. Like right now, we're recording this. It's Thursday, December 8th. Look, we got we got a few weeks before this game actually kicks off. Um, we're going to talk a lot of Lions this episode because the Lions deserve some attention right now. Uh, absolutely. But, man, I, I just wanted to, to just sit and reminisce with you for a second, man. I know it's kind of a, a lame segment, but, like, gosh, it has just been so refreshing. I'm just so happy. I'm so happy. Yeah, Dave, you can tell the joy on your face and everything, and I and I get that. But uh, I think J.J. McCarthy said the best when he says, job's not done, you know, two more to go. And that's where the focus needs to be. And I think we're, like, focused on that as fans. Like, yeah, the college football playoff last year was fun, Dave, but was it really? Like, no. Did you yeah. did you get a lot Not of the joy actual out of game? <laughs> I, I enjoyed all the hype leading up to it. I didn't enjoy the actual game. <laughs> and uh, I pointed this out to you, I believe, last week or the week before. Dave was like, if you followed anybody on that team on Instagram or you were like watching any of their lives, like they were just kind of partying it up. They were having a hell of a time in Miami. It looked like really fun to be there. Um, and I don't think you're going to get that this year. I think it's going to be much more of a business trip. Like, hey, we're going down there. It's cool that we're a part of this, but we have the job to do, and uh, we need to get it done. And we're not coming back without the Fiesta Bowl trophy, whatever that might be. I don't know what it is. But uh, it seems like they're going down there to focus on that and to get it done. And that's kind of refreshing to see. Dude, in such an such an iconic photo from last year when they did lose to Georgia, I think we talked about this previously, um, you know, having – the photo of JJ and Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards and Gerald Anthony standing out there watching Georgia celebrate that. And, and basically the message was, we'll be back. And I, I'll be honest, it's like I, I was happy to hear like that is their attitude. These guys just seem different. But then to come out and actually live that out, to back that up and have the season that these kids just had, I want the, I want the people to remember how young this team is, how scary that is. Our best players are really this sophomore class right now. And we got some true freshmen in Will Johnson, Mason Graham. I mean, the list goes on of Michigan's here. They've arrived, and, and they're here to stay. And I'm, I'm beyond excited about it. And, Brant, as Michigan arrives, that means that they, other pro, other programs have to make, make a seat at the table for us. And I cannot help but, Brant, I – I've got to play you this little, it's about a three minute segment and this, so I, Brent, how do you feel about Paul Feinbaum? You a big fan? I, mean, I don't, I don't listen to Paul Feinbaum because I think he's so biased and I, I think some of his takes are just outrageous and I don't really listen to ESPN anyway. I think he's like SEC network or ESPN or whatever. I yep, listen to ESPN him. and he's an SEC guy and I'm listening to his show just because I wanted to hear what are they – I like hearing from all across the country. What are they saying about Michigan? What are they saying about the fact that Alabama didn't get in and you know TCU lost their conference championship game, but they get in. They say it's the three seed in Ohio State. Last time they took the field, got slaughtered at home by their arch rival, and there was this argument for Alabama to get in. And 
I'm just going to play this. I want a quick reaction from you, and then I want to move on to the Lions because, Brant, this is why this is why it is so important for the Big Ten to arrive right now and not have it just be Ohio State, have it be Michigan. Because of fans like this, a guy named Willie, <laughs> Willie from Alabama, that called in stating his case as to why not only Alabama should be in the in the playoff, but that everybody knows that the two best teams in the country are Georgia and Bama. It's just ludicrous. And and now, my wife was a cheerleading coach, and they had a committee involved to determine who the best team was. And that's the problem with college football, Paul. They can't get it right. They, they're, they're, they're stuck between, do we, want, do we want to crown the best team or the team that plays better? And because they're in between this never-never land, we end up handing participation trophies out. Well, here you go. We're sorry you couldn't win your own conference championship, but you get a participation trophy to come play. Ohio State, you got embarrassed on your home field by three touchdowns to your arch rival. But because you've got great brand and Kirby graduated from there, we're going to give you a participation trophy. None of them deserve to be there. And I'm uh, hey, hey Willie B, uh, Willie B, slow down. Uh, who graduated from there? Yes, sir. Um, Kirk, 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 Kirk Street. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's yeah. I got, they, I got. So you fast. think that's the Not reason? Kirby. You think because Herb Street went to Ohio State, that's the reason they got in? Paul, let's face it. What happened last time? Michigan, Michigan was in the playoffs last year. They got whooped. What's the, what happened to like? Go do your history book. Last time Ohio State and Alabama played, it was a whooping. The last time Ohio State played South Carolina, Paul, they got whooped. The last time Michigan played out South Carolina, Paul, they got whooped. Well, Willie, uh, Willie, hold on a second. Uh, yep. Are, are we are we arguing case in front of the Supreme Court using precedent, or are we talking about this year in college football? Paul, we're talking about the state of college football. And the fact that they're so desperate for a Big Ten champ, they want Georgia to beat two of them back-to-back. TCU, to, TCU will be gone in one game. So Georgia's going to have to go whoop, whoop Ohio State and then double-prove it by whooping Michigan. And to be honest with you, they're the happiest team today is, is, is Georgia because they're glad Alabama's not there. Because if Alabama was there, and Paul, what do they do in soccer? What do they do in soccer, Paul? They, and you're in a tournament. It's a cumulative score. You lose two games on the last play, and and that that disqualifies you from a team that got their ass whooped at home. Well, Willie B, uh, I mean, help, help me out with something, okay? I don't know where you were Saturday. I was in Atlanta at the SEC championship game. I kept looking for Alabama. Uh, what happened? Where did how did they not qualify to be oh, in the SEC you, championship game? Oh, I, I love it. Check the tape because. After Alabama came to Columbia and we beat them by two touchdowns, you asked me what game I was watching. I was watching the same game, Paul. Alabama wasn't there because they got beat on two flutes. Let's do this. Let's throw Tennessee out, okay? Throw them out, Paul. They go down to Baton Rouge where, what, five weeks earlier, Tennessee won by 27 points. And they lose on a two-point conversion. That was a fluke? They lose. Paul, 
If you're Alabama, you're the number one team in the country with the number one coach in the country. Uh, with the number they, one were, they, were no, they were no oh. longer number one when they went to Baton Rouge. Paul, they got the best recruits. We all know they're the best team. It, to ask them to be uh, godly 12 games in a row year after year is a little is a little Not really. Uh, well, it, lost- it's not too much to ask if you expect them to be in the in the playoffs, which – Again, Alabama has only missed the playoffs Paul. now, what, twice in the last three years? 30 minutes ago, Four you years. said Alabama was better than Ohio State, Paul. No, I just said they, they, I thought Alabama would beat Ohio State. But that's not how we're judging this. We're, we're, we're talking about the season, not what I think is going to happen. Just, By the way, I just, also thought Alabama case, was going to beat LSU. So what difference does that make? The, the problem, Paul, is you use the word judge. We've got a committee place in judgment so either we're going to have a play-in where you earn your way there or we get rid of the beauty pageant paul you can't have it both ways well willie uh we're expanding the playoff to 12 so this year uh, if we expanded it alabama would have gotten in paul the problem with the way they're expanding it is they still won't control and power there's still going to be a committee to determine who the six at large is that's true well what are we supposed to do leave it up to willie b uh from charlotte i'm sorry we're not going to do that Dave, that was embarrassing on all fronts. And I think I think the main point is a lot but Dave, he's he's not alone. I know there's other people I that know. feel this. That, there's a lot scary. of people. And the thing is, it's like they say, Well, we produce the most NFL players. Okay, we have the best recruits. We know that we have the most NFL talent. Why are we not there? Well, you lost two games, that's why you're not there. And it's astounding that people still continue to believe Oh, because on paper, because we would be, and this is Saban. He's he's touting this now too. Oh, Vegas says we'd be favored. Oh, so we garbage take. I know, yeah. I and, know. And, that, and that's the other thing. It's like just because you would be favored in this game, then why the hell are we playing the games? Like why? Right. We, okay, you you're favored. We're not going to show up. You should win. Um, and that's the deal. And that's like what Feinbaum said. He said, you know, you lost to LSU though. Like. I, right. I did see them play, but if you were to play them again, you would be favored. I get that, but you've already lost. <laughs> You're right, and and guess what? Anybody, any team like Alabama that lives in the what would happen land forgets very quickly what actually did happen. And what did happen is y'all lost two games, and you don't qualify. I don't care what you think about. You got the best recruits in the country. You got the best recruits in the country. Win every game. You got. You have no excuse then. I don't want to hear about it. Willie B from God knows where he's at. But I love Paul. I mean, I can't see him, Paul Feinbaum. But that last part was just hilarious when he's like, "We're well, still going to have a committee at choosing the at large." He's like, well, "What are we supposed to do? Have Willie B, have Willie B from Carolina make that choice?" I mean, yeah, Dave, and, it's and, wild. It is wild would, to me. And I would love to get into the, and we can probably do this in the off season as uh, you know, break down how this should be chosen. You know, because I, I do think there should be a better way than than to have definitely uh, you know, six at largest chosen by a committee of people. There should be a standing system. There should be a hey, you have to place here in your conference type deal. You should have to play these non conference games. Dave, we can go into that all in the offseason, but yeah. let's not waste any time tonight. A- absolutely. And the last thing I'll say before we transition into the Lions here, Brant, is this is just a whole nother reason why I just want Michigan to win this whole thing so bad. People the in the big- South, yeah. their heads will explode. I mean, it will be spontaneous combustion. I mean, they, they cannot handle it. Nope. 
This is like a fake brand of football that can never compete with them. But I'll tell you what, I can't wait till this 12-team playoff expands and all of a sudden we're hosting a playoff game in the big house in December against Alabama. Mm-hmm. Bring it. I cannot wait to bring those boys up north here in the in the freezing cold and let's just see how, how it shakes out. I really can't wait for that. But all right, Brant. Dude, okay, we got to re- rewind the clock just a little bit because, Brant, before – before the Lions took the field against the Jags last week, you had a buddy of yours. What's his name? Jeff Huska. All right, so Jeff reached out to you, and he asked you basically if the Lions win this game. Like, are you are you believing in them? Like, for real? Right? Is that was that what he was asking you? Yeah, he just said, "Is this team real this year?" And he wanted to put an emphasis on how big this game was for this weekend. I mean, he yeah. made it sound like the game of the year. Um, and I'm not taking away anything from his question, but it almost seems like for the last six weeks we've said this about the Lions. Like, is this this is a huge game? Like, they need to get this one. Uh, I know we were kind of out on them in, in mid October, Dave, but this team keeps fighting and they keep clawing and they keep scrapping for wins. And now they've won what, Dave? Is it four out of five that they've won? Or four out of five? Four out of five. Great. Um, and now they're five and seven. And they're on the outside. Like, when they show the playoff picture, here are the Lions in the hunt. I think I saw today that the uh, Seahawks are the seventh seed, and they're sitting there at 7-5. and five. So it's gettable. Um, you know, they're not going to hold a tiebreaker against almost anybody. They don't have a tiebreaker against the Seahawks, I know for sure. Uh, they do hold it against the Giants, I believe, if, if I remember correctly, right? Um, yeah, they beat the Giants. So. Hey. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they do hold that tiebreaker. But um, I don't know how all the tiebreakers will work. What I do know is that last week was an absolute slacking of the Jaguars. Um, we don't have to get into much of the game because, Dave, they put them away in the first half. Like, it was... It wasn't it was, close. It wasn't close. By the time, really, halfway through the second quarter, I'm like, oh, my goodness. You're going to be able to sit back and I can watch anything else I want right now. I don't have to watch the rest of this. They got them locked up. And so, um, to answer Jeff's question, is this team real right now? I, I hate to say this, and I hate to say it. You're going to find out this weekend. <laughs> You're going to find out this weekend. <laughs> there it okay. is. There it you, is. You wanna, I know. I it's, know. It's 10-2. and two. It's 10-2 and two Vikings. It's uh, at home. You have all the juice. You have all the momentum. You have everything to play for. Dan's fighting for his job. It feels like, like, hey, you get this done, and you can lead this team to potentially the playoffs because you have a really easy schedule down the stretch. And now we're into the playoff conversation, perhaps. Like, let, let me Dan solidifying himself is what I mean. Let Let me ask you this though: You said he's fighting for his job. Do you think he is still fighting for his job? I meant like all of the questions kind of go away about the coaching. It's like, okay, he made some mistakes at the beginning of the year. I was kind of against them, but now like I'm starting to buy into. Uh, I know that you and I have been bought into Dan because he's the rah rah guy. He looks good, like he seems like he will go anywhere for these guys. Like he'll he'll fight till the bitter end with them, and we love that, Dave. But at the same time, you have to make the correct decisions. So I think this is such a crucial game of Dan. You cannot blow this up in your face. Like, can you guide this team and not? make the big mistake at the end of the game and to get this W. Because I guarantee you, this game's going to be close. 
Like, there's no doubt about that to my to my opinion. This game's always close. Um, yep. So close that, in fact, I mean, the Lions, ha- they played them earlier this year and lost on a fluky garbage play to Osborne down the field. Which they should have won. They should have won, won, won. They should have won, and... And Dan made some bad calls with the field goal there, and, and it's you hear Dan talk about that game. I just heard him this week, and it's hard because you like you get so as a sports fan, you get so used to the coach talk and like what they say, and always trying to say the right thing. And we've learned from this, and he's like, "Yeah, that just still haunts me." Like that was it's hard when you see the guys lay lay everything out there on the line, and then your coach basically like loses the game for you. Like that game forever haunts me, and you're like. Dang, how, how, how do you argue with that? Or how do you, I don't know. He just takes like almost too much accountability where you're like, I think that Dan is improving um, or whatever whatever adjustments they've made. And I don't know what they're doing internally to kind of help him out with like managing a game and decision making and unplugging the controller so it's not like playing Madden out there. It's like actually coaching a football game and making real big boy football decisions in big moments. But the Lions have gotten significantly better. And and at this point, it's hard to... How do you criticize them? They've won four out of five. They... I mean, Bran, I said in the first week of October the season was over. And I have... I have continued to feel like that up until maybe this week because... In a way, I, I think, first of all, this division is absolute garbage this year. Um, it is so winnable. I, I don't think they can win it now this year with the start that they had, but it's almost disappointing in a way because you finally saw the fall of Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers that have haunted you for the last like two decades, and the Bears are absolute trash. I mean, they're at least kind of on the upswing with Justin Fields and what they're doing over there, but it's like... The Lions are, maybe they're getting hot at just the right time, but they started so bad and lost games that they really could have won that it's hard. They're on an upswing right now, and if you go in and beat Minnesota this week, things change. Things change, and and I think you get a, football is all about momentum, and if it becomes five of six, why doesn't it become six of seven? Seven of eight, or seven of nine, like... They could be a 500 team that squeaks into a very, very weak NFC this year. I'm just saying. I'm not putting that juju out there because I don't really believe it till I see it, but it's in the realm of possibility. Dave, I just feel nervous, and I know all Lions fans feel nervous about zero room for error because you can't really take an L at this point. I don't think maybe 9-8 and eight gets in, but the Seahawks are already at 7. And their division is weak, and they've got a few division games left. So between them and the Giants, I I don't know, Dave. I don't feel comfortable saying the Lions are going to make the playoffs, obviously. But I think this game goes a long way in Dan Campbell's career. Um, You know, they might stumble down the stretch, but I think this is a big one at home. I think you have to find a way to get it done. And Dan always talks about, man, I'd love to have that one back. Well, here's your chance. Get it back and get it done. Yeah, it, it it'll be a, a really big game and I I'll be honest, man, I actually kinda wish I had tickets to this game. Um we have plans on on, on Sunday um that we're looking forward to, but man, this game I, I feel like the atmosphere in Ford Field 
is going to be off the rails on Sunday. Like, I do. I think it's going to be, like, that uh, opening game at Ford Field. I forget who it was against. The Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles. Which, by the way, you know what? These losses, I'm just looking back, like, on their schedule, and it was like, oh, God, the Eagles. Like, I remember seeing, like, that's a game you have to win. The Seahawks, come on, that's a game you have to win. Those takes didn't age super well because the Eagles were a heck of a lot better than anybody thought they were going to be this year, and especially the Seahawks. Now, I'm not saying the Lions still should have won that like that game there in a shootout against Geno Smith and the Seahawks, but like maybe this team's not as bad or as far off as we thought for quite some time, and we'll see. Dave, I'll say Eagles, Cowboys, Bills, Patriots... Vikings, those are all losses, and those are all playoff teams today. That's five of your seven losses. There you those go. Those are five, you know, five playoff teams. So this team might not be. You're right. This team might not be as far off as you may think they are. But you know, we'll find out this or this summer. Right. And and because on the flip side, then then you got to show that you can go and beat playoff bound teams. You want to play in the playoffs. You got to beat those teams. Like you can't just beat the teams that you you should be in it against or should have a chance against. These are games that you got to win, and I think the Vikings are a fraud. I do. I felt like that all year. I think they've gotten very lucky. They've caught a lot of breaks. I do not believe in Kirk Cousins. Dave, um, come on! Double two, two, two chains, Kirk. You don't you believe like that? that? You like that? <laughs> yeah. You don't believe in Kirk? Come on, dude. No, no, I, I, I don't believe in Kirk. And outside of Justin Jefferson, who, by the way, Jeff Okuda completely locked up the first time they played. Um, you know, I'm expecting him to have a game. You know, Justin Jefferson's a dog. I don't think he's going to let that happen again. But I think that I, I just think everybody's kind of taking that step forward. And I go back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the season, Brand, and that was what do we want to see from this team this year? I don't think anybody expected the playoffs. Um, but we wanted to see these young guys take a step forward. And that's what was so frustrating to start the season was like, they just seemed like a mess out there. It seemed like they were just making bonehead plays and bad coaching decisions. It was just it was a mess. And now you're starting to see these guys start to kind of take shape. And and the other thing is, Brant, the health of this team is a lot better. And I mean, knock on wood, than the health around the league. They really are. I mean, outside of Tracy Walker and what Okwara. I don't know anybody else on this team that's not, like, ready to roll right now. I mean, obviously Swift has, like, a hangnail every week and is questionable. But, like, outside of him, everybody's really healthy now. You get a, you should get a fairly fully healthy Jamison Williams coming back this week, which I think is going to be super interesting to see how they use him. Is he limited? I'm not sure. But, like... Jameson adds a whole new element to this to this offense that could be scary, man. I mean, you got the put. Just think about this offense, Brant. You have Swift back there and went healthy, complete stud. Jamal Williams, perfect third down back, goal line back, great. Jared Goff has been. This is the best football I've ever seen him play. Um, yeah, Ross St. Brown, stud. Like Jameson Williams, if he can come in and be that guy, I mean. Dude, why? I don't know. Why not? <laughs> you know, that offensive line is stout. Top five in the league. Top mm-hmm. five in the league. Aiden Hutchinson getting better every single week. Like, man. 
Dave, healthiest part of this franchise. Do you know what it is? What's that? That Rams draft pick just sitting there. Oh, yeah. Better by the week. Every Sunday, that thing seems to move up a slot. So, uh, you know, it sounds like Stafford may be shut down for the season. Baker Mayfield. You know, Baker Mayfield has found his way out there for even more drama. Perfect. Um, you know, yep. they're playing tonight. It's Thursday night. They're they're playing the Raiders tonight. We'll see how that goes. But I know um, we're kind of off the Detroit Rams thing, I think. I think people are peeling back, and they're like, no, you go be the really crappy L.A. Rams, and we'll be the Detroit Lions again. So, right. Nice to yeah, have that, that <laughs> vision again. I mean, and that's the that's the 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 thing is you realistically are going to have two top fifteen picks um, for sure, a top ten pick. That Rams pick looking real nice right now. Is Stafford is on the they put him on the IR, which I think puts him out through like week seventeen. He ain't coming back. Yeah, he's, he's no, done. No, no reason to bring him back. Um, the Rams are going to be really bad, one of the worst teams in the league. If you're a Lions fan, you better be cheering against those uh, Detroit Rams every single week because you want that pick to be real pretty. And by having that pick be pretty, you can cheer for some more wins. If you get caught in that camp of like, Ugh, do I do I want them to win some of these games, knowing that they most likely aren't going to make the playoffs and that draft pick gets worse, or do I just want them to compete and lose and have that draft pick be better? I'm curious, Brant, what camp are you in? Because I'll tell you the camp that I'm in. I don't care about that draft pick right now, the Lions draft pick. Yeah, they're going to be caught in a little bit of purgatory in terms of the middle of the first round, it, it looks like. At this point, you try to win every single game, and every win that these young guys can get under their belt is going to help translate into next season to hopefully some, some more wins because you don't start winning unless you learn how to win. I know it sounds stupid, but that's just the reality. These guys are starting to feel like what it is they're starting to understand what it feels like to get the job done not get close but get the job done and that's a really really good thing yeah dave winning is contagious and winning is an acquired like an acquired taste like you have to know how to finish games like these young players the jeff okudas the aiden hutchinson's um you know the the malcolm rodriguez's they have to learn how to close these games out um and i think again to this weekend Winning a big game in the NFL on your home turf is huge. Like, this game cannot be any bigger. And I hope for these young Lions, they are able to figure it out. And, um, you know, hopefully you do get that. Maybe that pick is like 15, Dave, like you say, or something in the middle of the first round. But you always have that that Brad Holmes poker chip in your back pocket that could be a top five pick. And... That's going to pay huge dividends as you're looking at, Dave, I know you, this conversation is already going to start for you. Will Anderson, we know where you're going. We know where you will Defensive be Defensive player of the year. Yep, absolutely. they got to double team him every play, and good luck having him on the other side of Hutch. Yep. Um, so we'll see what ends up happening as far as that goes. But, Dave, I absolutely love where the Lions are sitting right now, and I think you're right. You have to focus on winning, um, even though we were kind of poo-pooing it just two months ago. All right, so Brant, my, my last question on the uh, on the Lions here before we get into the bets and wrap this thing up. I know we've beat this thing over and over and over, but Jared Goff, he is playing the best football that I've seen him play. And my question to you, Brant, is you're going to have two first-round draft picks. Are you... 100% sold, 100% no doubt in your mind, you're using one of those two picks 
to draft a quarterback. I had these tiny hands. Oh, God. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I have these tiny hands. Jared Goff, thanks for queuing it up. Um, let Let me just tell you this, Dave. I have zero to no problem with the Lions drafting a quarterback. It's not something I'm going to sit here and pound the table for, but I think having that insurance policy, even if you don't want to start him year one, I'm I'm perfectly fine with that. I don't think he has to start next year. That's cool with me. You know, get yourself, and I know this is going to be a hot name, Dave. Will Levis will be a hot name. And for whatever reason, he's linked with Detroit right now. People in Detroit seem to be talking about him because he's like the third quarterback right now behind Stroud and Young that people are kind of um, touting. So I could definitely see, um, you know, the Lions looking that direction. I think you do. I I think you do. If it was me, I would get a quarterback to wait in the wings and kind of bring him up, shepherd him, whatever, and find a way to have that insurance policy going into next season of like, hey, we've got our next guy. I'm not sold on I I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not like uh those first two picks I'm not sold that you have to take a quarterback. I definitely don't want Will Levis. Like I he was so bad this year. Um I give me Max Duggan or somebody like No I yeah, dude, I would have Max Duggan over Will Levis. The guy will die out there on the field for you. You saw that against He'll Kansas State. He'll die in State. week one when he gets absolutely creamed. That kid's <laughs> Baker Mayfield 2.0, and don't tell no, me No, he's way more likable than Baker okay. Mayfield. He has a worse arm, and he's about just as fast. No, stop it. <laughs> All right, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just can't, I can't hate on Jared Goff in, anymore, at least right now. He is playing good football, and... And he's the type of quarterback that he he's only going to look halfway decent unless you surround him with talent. And the talent is you got more talent showing up this weekend in Jameson Williams. So we'll see. I'm not saying no to drafting a quarterback. I agree one way or another. You have to get a quarterback in this upcoming draft to get them in the system. Doesn't need to start next year necessarily, but you got to do that. You even see what the Falcons are doing right now. They went and got Desmond Ritter uh, last year, and they're like, okay, now we're just coming into a bye week towards the end of the season. We're not going to play for the playoffs. Desmond Ritter, you're our new starter. Like, those are the kind of moves that, that you know, can be made and, and would be smart to make because it seems like the Lions never do that. There's literally nobody ever in the system. So, all right, Brant, let's shift into the bets. All right, Dave. Obviously, we're going to go NFL this week. Uh, College football is all but done except for the Army-Navy game this weekend, which if you're looking for a hot tip, you don't have to watch that game, but just go ahead and take the under. (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to put that out there right now. Big facts. Big facts. (laughs) Yep. Um, All right, Dave. Let's start right here with the Detroit Lions. Vikings at Lions. Lions favored at home by one and a half. Give me the Lions. I, I think they cover. I think Vegas knows something. If you're a Lions fan and aren't looking at this line, you sh- you should be. For some of you, you think it spells disaster because you're like, oh, here we go. But I'm telling you right now, when you're favored, the season that you started with and you're favored by one and a half right now against a 10-2 and two Vikings team, that's saying something. And Vegas knows something. 
Give me the Lions. Vikings. Um, all right, Whoa. let's go. All right. <laughs> Eagles at Giants. Giants uh, seven at home. Uh, getting seven. I'll take the Giants plus seven. I mean, the Eagles have been rolling this year. I I think the Giants are frauds. I called that weeks ago. I think they're kind of showing their hand now. However, they are now going to be fighting for a playoff spot, and I, I they, it is a home game. I did see something kind of pop up on Saquon Barkley about him being questionable. I don't really know what that means, but everybody's questionable at this point of the season. Um, so as long as Saquon plays, I'll take the Giants plus seven. What about you, Brant? Dave, I'm going to roll with you on this one, and it's got nothing more to do with than they're at home, division game, fighting for the playoff spot. Eagles could win, but seven is a perfect number, and if they win by seven, you break even. So perfect number. <clears throat> All right. Bucks at 49ers. I love this game, Dave, because 49ers are like my second favorite team in the NFL right now just because I love the way they play. They just – they have weapons, and you're seeing a guy like Brock Purdy now win a football game for them. It's kind of plug and play for them, Dave. What do you make of the 49ers getting three and, or favored by three and a half at home? I make that while they're fun to watch and all that, and Brock Purdy gets his start, and the injuries pile up. Elijah Mitchell basically out for the season two. Um, that defense is really good, and that Tampa Bay offensive line is not very good. And I think that they get in Tom's face all day. Tom, who got – the Bucks just aren't good this year. Like, I know everybody's waiting for this heroic run from Tom Brady and the Buccaneers because that's what happens. We saw them do it against the Saints uh, this past week, but I'm not buying it. I still think they're frauds. I will take – I mean, it feels weird to, to take Purdy in the 49ers, but I think that they're just a better better coach team and a better defense. So I'll take the Niners minus three and a half at home. Dave, this game honestly feels like the 49ers by 20. Like, it just has that weird feel to it. Like, I watched the Bucks play the Saints last week. What? Yeah, that's the was, game I'm talking about. It was what garbage. Was that? <laughs> what was that? Mm-hmm. Um Sometimes these Sunday night games are just hard to watch, man. Like or I Monday agree. night. I can't, I can't remember if it was Sunday night or Monday night. But either it was way, a mon- Monday nighter. Yeah, yeah, Monday nighter. No thanks. Like we need to do some flex scheduling to get really good games in these time slots. Um, I agree. So, all right, Dave. I do have a lock of the week this week. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa! All right, um, bringing it back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dave, you were watching the Lions absolutely dismantle the Jaguars last week. That did happen. Also, the Eagles straight up dismantled the Titans last week. And then the Titans went out and they fired the guy that traded A.J. Brown to the Eagles for a bag of beans. And so, <laughs> did you know that? Yeah. I, I There that? was an article about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's like... Okay, you're going to let A.J. Brown come into our house. We just traded him for literally nothing, Traylon Burks, whatever. And he just dogged us out, scored two touchdowns, uh, 120 yards. Like, you got to go, man. Um, So I'm taking the Titans on the rebound. They are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home over the Jaguars. I think the Jaguars were kind of a fun early story, but they seem to be more sizzle than substance. 
Give me the Mike Vrabel fighting Titans. All right. All right. There we go. All right. Garage Takes Season 2. Make sure that you like, follow, subscribe to the show. Leave us a five-star review. Positive comment. It goes a long way. Share the show with a friend. Share it with a buddy if they're looking for something to, to listen to. Especially this time of year, we're kind of living this, like, you know, this this middle world. If you're a big college football person, we got a few weeks to, to really kind of hone in on the CFP, but also really get into the nitty gritty of the NFL as we uh, come into the to the last part of the season. So, Brant, as always, it's been a pleasure, and it's always a great pleasure anytime that the Michigan Wolverines are back to back Big Ten championships. I'll see you next time, man. Drink and me going bad to bad. Yeah, going bad to bad. I got the drink and me going bad to bad. Had to do it. Yeah, I'm going bad to bad. Powered by Riverside.